Hello, hello. Welcome back. Episode 116. We are back once again. Um, I don't know. We didn't have any medical crises this week, so here we are. Anything new with you? Uh, I was just thinking it's my super sweet 116. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to be the episode title. Done. <laughs> it's a good one. I, it's I like that. Thank that you. It works. <laughs> God, what a show, though. Like, what a... What a like mid two thousands time capsule. I mean, honestly, that show is just iconic on every level. Like the the level of spoiled brattiness was just like off the charts. Like I've never seen anything crazier. I knew a kid who actually like applied to be on it. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Not <laughs> gonna name school, not yeah, gonna yeah. name names, but you know them too. I'll tell you after the pod. <laughs> definitely someone we went to school with applied to be on it um they didn't get on it apparently because the they they the parents as it turns out were like required to buy you a fancy car oh. like as a gift like that had to be part of it that was like a prerequisite um and this kid's parents weren't going to do that so um they didn't get on the show <laughs> We we also did go to high school with someone who applied to be on 16 and Pregnant despite not being pregnant. She just wanted to be on the show real fast. <laughs> She's like, I will make it happen, okay? I'm committed. <laughs> God. Oh. oh, man, we went to some messed up place. Um, but yeah, wow, my super sweet 16, really good times. I love those parties. It's so good. Just, Wow. Much to think about. Anyway. Speaking of uh, parties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone to a 16-year-old's birthday party recently? I hope not. <laughs> no, I was going to talk about Kelsey's birthday party because we actually okay. haven't talked about it on the pod. That's much better. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so the cake turned out pretty good, actually. I was yeah, we posted food. pictures on the Insta for everyone to see the final result. The expectation versus reality was actually not bad. You did a pretty good job for someone I who's know. not like a professional cake artist. <laughs> the thing about it was that um, the boot of that roller skate was like legitimately made out of Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. Um, so that thing was fucking heavy so i wanted to put it on top of the cake but there is no way that could work so yeah it, it was what it was but um no it still turned out really good everyone had a good time uh it was a fun birthday kelsey had a good time uh but yeah no it worked well i just spent literally like a whole day on a cake so that's what happened on that it was so funny like the progress pictures that you sent as you were making it i was just laughing i was like all right let's see if this comes together for him like <laughs> so, like along the way it was kind of like oh we'll see how this goes like <laughs> i like the like mold you basically made for the shape of the yeah. the shoe boot part like so funny <laughs> no, i went to a thrift store and got like an old child's shoe like boots <laughs> and <laughs> the creepiest thing ever well, I wanted a small one because, like, oh it was going to, like, if I molded it, it was going to get bigger. So it had to be smaller. Yeah, yeah. So legitimately, like, you would see me and, like, I'm looking for children's shoes. And I, I don't look like I deserve to be there. <laughs> I'm, like, crying. People were probably, like, reporting you. <laughs> no. What's funny is, like, this is actually, like, a nice thrift store. Where I, I have, like, asked for help, too. I hope you went in and, like, went up to the front counter and were like, excuse me, where are your children's shoes? I need this size. 
No, it was just where the cashier's face over. She checked me out. She was like, that'll be $2, sir. Like, she she seemed disappointed. Like, I don't think she knew. She's like, maybe he, this kid does need these shoes. I, I don't really know. I really hope but... she just thought you had a kid. Like, I just, I hope. <laughs> you should have literally borrowed someone's child to take with you to make it less creepy. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. I love uh... it. But yeah, yeah, good job. (laughs) It turned out well. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know why I decided to attempt that, but I did, and it worked out. You went for it. You really committed. I love the little, um, the little like powdered donut wheels. Those were so cute. (laughs) Like, uh, brilliant. Honestly, what's funny is I actually feel more accomplished than the original that I pulled because the original actually just put fondant over a roller skate, so they actually didn't make anything like edible, really. Oh, yours uh, was like fully edible. Yeah. Yeah. So mine it. actually was better, I feel like. Was it original. like was it like good? Um, I didn't eat the rice krispie treat. I am bringing yeah. that to work tomorrow. Um, we'll <laughs> okay, see cool. if it's any good. Um yeah. no, but the the cake, um Kelsey really wanted um uh funfetti. Like yeah. the style. I love funfetti, it's my favorite cake. So we had to do a vegan funfetti because even despite Kelsey, like everyone there was vegan. Um <laughs> Of course. <laughs> it was really fucking good, though. Oh, my God. That's good. I mean, they make, like, vegan. I mean, I guess, like, Essentially, you just know. put enough sugar in some dessert, and it, you don't really care that it's vegan or not, because, like, truthfully... Well, and you hell. can cook with, like, alternative milks and stuff, yeah. like, in the recipe. I feel like that's, like, not that hard, right? And there's, like, egg substitute that's, like, pretty solid and everything. So I feel like it, like, wouldn't be that hard to modify, right? Yeah, so basically the modifications were uh, I instead of regular milk, I use oat, oat milk, which I like better. I think it said soy in it, but I like oat has a thicker consistency. Oat milk is just like the best milk out there, yeah. period. Like I don't care it what is. people say, like far superior. <laughs> so better choice on that. And then instead of egg, I think they had me use um, apple cider vinegar, essentially, and then just a little bit more like oil. Yeah. Uh, consistency. But um, yeah, not I, it tasted really good. Like it. To me, it tasted better than some, like, actual, like, full non-vegan cake. So, that was a good one. Nice. Nice. I love Funfetti. Oh, so good. Um, All right. Cool. Well, I'm glad it went well. Yeah. What about your life? Oh, nothing really. Let's see. Like, what have I done in life recently? Not much. Um, I recently decided that, like, I want to, like, casually learn sign language. Um, Oh, my God. yeah, you and Kelsey both. Like, wait, really? Yeah, she did too. <laughs> How? I don't know. Something has come over. Something has come over the population, and I just like really want to learn sign language. Like, wait, wait, was it the was it the the not Savage X, but the Rihanna performance and the the ASL interpreter for that? Oh, I don't know. I thought you were gonna say Last of Us convinced that too okay okay so it was a several factors in pop culture um converged at once so partially it was this amazing asl interpreter for rihanna for the super bowl and then there was the last of us episode and i've thought for a while i think it'd be cool to like at least learn basic sign language just because i think it's like a nice skill to have and then also is really cool um babies can learn basic signs before they can actually like verbally communicate that's cool they can literally sign like two months earlier than they can like 
talk with words. So it's cool if you can like use basic signs with your baby, like from birth basically and get them used to it because they can start telling you like and communicating like their needs, like earlier than waiting for them to talk, which is actually like, pretty cool and interesting. Um, so that's another piece of it. Cause like we do want to have kids. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I just think it's like super cool and interesting. And then I have a friend out here who, um, has been taking ASL courses for a while, like in person. And she's like, it's really like, it's really interesting. It's really fun. Like you should definitely do it. So I've been like, um, I don't know. I've just been mostly like watching YouTube videos. And like, I found like a couple of apps that, um, teach you kind of like, it's kind of like Duolingo or something, but like yeah. for ASL. So I've been doing that, but like, it's pretty fun. I don't know. It's a really interesting. It's so, it's, it's such an interesting concept because people are like, like ASL is American sign language, but like, they're like, is it based on English? It's like, well, yes, but also no. Like it has its entirely own like structure and like how it's formed. So you kind of have to like stop thinking about it in terms of like in relation to English and just kind of like view it as its own thing, which I think is always my issue with languages is I'm always trying to like convert stuff into English and I have yeah. a hard time of like just viewing it as like totally like a separate thing on its own. So, but it is interesting. And I think because it's like, it's a different format than like verbal languages. I think it's easier for me to learn. I don't know. Like I've never been good at languages. That's like why I took Latin was because it was all, we didn't have to like speak Latin. It was all like reading and writing Latin. And like, I feel like that's the only reason, reason I was like good at it or like got through it was because like you didn't have to actually speak it. Um, and I feel like this is like similar in that, like it's just a totally different way of communicating so i think it's a little easier in that regard but um it's pretty interesting so far i like it i'm glad that you brought that up because i was actually listening to a podcast today where they were talking about like yeah i was in high school and i was learning latin and my friends would be volunteering at like shelters speaking spanish with people doing good work and i was like yeah i'm gonna go listen like talk about some roman gods fucking people that's what i like to do in my life for real though no for real like i'm like okay i'm gonna go watch rome on hbo for the third time y'all have fun with that like <laughs> oh, latin is one of those languages that is purely self-serving and does not benefit anyone else in society. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, want to get into some stories? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I'm up first. Um, my stories are all over the place this week. I pulled them from a number of different sources. So just go with me on this journey, but I think there's some good ones. Um, so the first one is actually a, New York Times article that I came across recently and it's one of the ones where like they they someone writes in a question and then they write them an answer so it's one of those columns um this one is I think specifically a column about like workplace problems um so those are always fun okay I'm not going to read the title because it kind of gives it away um <laughs> I work in a small office and share a desk with a man whose wife just had a baby. He has the desk two days a week and I have the desk another two. When I come to work, I am confronted with an array of giant pictures of a baby acne modeled monstrosity sitting on my desk. <laughs> I remove the pictures so I don't have to look at them. I don't place the pictures back on the desk at the end of the day because I don't think it's my responsibility. At the Christmas party this year, the father of the infant jokingly said, so it seems you aren't a fan of my baby. I replied, well, I just feel weird staring at a random baby while I'm trying to work. 
He launched into an unprompted description of his family's IVF journey. He seemed intent on shaming me for putting his baby in a drawer. Never mind that it's not my baby, and frankly, overpopulation stresses me out. A part of me can't let things lie. I confess that the real reason I can't stand to look at his baby is that I recently learned I am infertile. By the time I had finished telling my lie, a bit of an audience had formed. So I essentially told my entire office a sob story that isn't true, like a sociopath. Now everyone <laughs> is being way too nice to me, and an older coworker who genuinely does have fertility issues has been trying to bond over our supposed, supposed oh, shared struggle. No. I feel embarrassed, ashamed, and horrified every time I am at work. I feel like I need to switch jobs at this point. What do I do? <laughs> so what do you think? Like, what should he do? <laughs> you you got to keep it up now. Like, that's that's all you can do. Otherwise, you're like a total asshole. Like, you're just stuck with the lie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So, basically... <laughs> basically they said back they were like wow you really took this to the extreme <laughs> um, and they said um you know switching jobs might be a little drastic um they suggested simply telling your colleagues you don't want to discuss your fertility if and when they bring it up um wow, that's a good way to do it yeah and just basically say you're not you're not really comfortable talking about it at work or whatever like you just don't want to talk about it um and hoping it just like dies down um <laughs> the last sentence is good luck lying in this very strange bed that you've made <laughs> i love that <laughs> but yeah i love that he just like took it so far in the other direction <laughs> everyone's he like really oh did. <laughs> like, jesus <laughs> i like that the people like with actual issues were like i'm sorry for your issues man oh my god but like, okay, this guy really hates babies. Like, I just, I'm like, dude, I no, like, I don't want to look at some random people's kids on my desk either. But like, yeah, I don't know. He just like seems like extra bitter about it. Like, I feel like you could like put the photos down, but like, just like not make a thing about it. Like, maybe put them back up at the end of the day or something. I don't know. Like, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> What's your first one? My husband took me to a creepy party. Oh, great. <laughs> That's what we like. <laughs> My husband has this group of friends who is very close to. They all grew up together and still see each other regularly. They've always been nothing but nice to me for the entire three years I've known them. And before this, never made me feel uncomfortable in any way. On Saturday, it was his friend's birthday, so he invited us to his party. At the party, there was a table full of gross things that you would see on a survival show, and these men were paying some girls to eat them. And they were filming it and laughing at them. My husband intentionally kept me away from the side of the party, but at one point I needed to use a restroom and I couldn't find him, so I ended up there. When I was there, this random guy came up to me and tried me eat me eat tried to get me to eat one of these nasty things. He was pretty aggressive about it. One of my husband's friends saw me and told me the guy was, hey man, not her. And then he asked me where my husband was and made a joke about how he shouldn't have left me out of his sight. He then stuck to me like glue until he found my husband, at which point he whispered something to him, to him and left. I feel so repulsed and creeped out by the whole thing. I literally had a nightmare about the party. It doesn't help that I spoke to one of the girls and she said that she had no idea this was going to happen before she got there. The dilemma I have is that we see them often. We're supposed to see them two weeks, but I feel uncomfortable just at the thought of having to see them, especially the host. Honestly, I see them all differently now, and it's made 
me and my made me see my husband slightly differently, even though he never participated. I feel like I'm doing a horrible job at explaining it, but the whole thing was extremely creepy to me. I don't know how to tell my husband this. Those friends are like family to him. And I feel like refusing to go will cause tension between us and made him feel like he's forcing him to choose between me and his friends. Any advice on what to do? So she gave an update on what gross objects they were having girls eat. Uh, live insects, eyeballs, bull testicles, uh, smoothies with pig uteruses, and yeah, so just fun stuff. And all the labels had prices on them that they would pay if girls would eat more disgusting shit. What? Yeah. I'm so confused. Okay, like, wait, who were these girls? Um, I th- She doesn't really say it, like, lean into it. I, I think it was, like, girls they knew, but they were just like, let's pay you to watch them eat some gross things. I was like, are these women literally sex workers? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Like... Yeah, I think it's just, like, random girls they found. That's so weird. And they're just paying them to eat gross things? Like, at a party? Okay, I don't know, like... I don't really get, like, creepy vibes. I just more get, like, what the fuck is wrong with you vibes. (laughs) I don't know. I just get weird vibes. Like, ugh. Yeah, so... I'm like, I just feel like there would have been red flags earlier with this friend group. Like, is this the first time anything weird has happened? I just feel like that's, like, a severe escalation. She said, um... She said nothing weird had happened, like, before then with them. Uh, She gave a slight update on this. So she says, um... She finally confronted her husband about it, um... He was understanding and promised nothing like that would happen again while he was upset. When I told him I didn't want to be around his friends, he told me he understood and wouldn't force me. Also, he already knew what happened with the guy who approached me. His friends told him. And all he would say was that he handled it and it wouldn't happen again. Continued hanging out with his friends separately. And eventually they asked why I was never there anymore. And he told them. They did reach out to apologize, justify the party, but I never really responded to any of them. Things were starting to get better until recently my in-laws hosted a party dinner for my husband. I asked my husband if his friends would be there, and he told me that it was just going to be family. When we got there, his friends were all there. I ended up leaving dinner without telling anyone because I couldn't handle being around them when they were all trying to act like nothing had happened. I did text my husband when I got in the Uber, but he was pissed at me and got home, and when he got home for leaving the way I did. We had a big fight and ended up locking him uh, locking him out of the bar bedroom because he wouldn't drop it. He's still angry at me over what happened, but I'm still pissed at him too. During the fight, he said he ne- I needed to get over what happened and that his friends wouldn't hurt me. He kept telling me I had nothing to be worried about because he was right there and he wouldn't let anything happen to me. I got really angry at him and asked him if, he- if I had nothing to worry about, like I had nothing to worry about at the party because I was married to him. I asked him, uh, would he still say that if we weren't married or if I wouldn't have been fair game then? He implied that I had misunderstood what happened at the party and that I had all wor- worked myself up over nothing and that I was being ridiculous. It's pretty much the update. I just wanted to thank everyone for all the advice and comments through my original post. So, yeah. I just, like, don't feel better about anything. No. (laughs) Like, like that didn't make things better. Yeah. Yikes. I feel like you, I feel like you throw the whole man away. Or you tell him he can't hang out with his friends anymore. Exactly. There was actually a commenter who said like she went to one of these parties and there's just like some rich assholes and like truly like there's nothing 
worthwhile about any of this and like honestly she should probably just get rid of her husband because it sounds like he's like a part of it even though like she was technically there he's clearly like okay with it if nothing else like at the bare minimum he's complacent (laughs) like yeah and he clearly doesn't see the issue so that's concerning it's just such a weird thing to be into so weird yeah i just don't understand like that's like that's like some fucking like rich like conservative white boy privilege i feel like like i don't know like it's just so creepy (laughs) it reminds me too because like james gordon Gordon does a similar thing where he like he'll have celebrities do this like it's like tell a truth or you have to eat like some one of these foods and it's oh, like, um, it there. It has like a weird catchy name, something about yeah, spill your guts. Your guts or eat yeah. guts or something. I don't know. It's like a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I hate that show. But like, do you think the celebrities like they have to agree to it ahead of time, right? Like, or do they just show up to the show and he's like, "We're doing this." Like, no, they, they agree to it ahead of time. They have to the, agree to it, right? The only good one I ever saw was um. And Jimmy Kimmel went on there and like no matter what question that he asked him he just like purposely ate the food because he was like whatever I don't care and like so he like wasn't even like giving him like the joy of having a reaction he was just like whatever this game's stupid and his whole thing was just like to ask James Gordon questions to make him look like an asshole and like 10 out of 10 I loved every second of it (laughs) I love it when people make James Gordon look like an asshole yeah oh boy all right here's my next one this is a classic am i the asshole um okay coming here as a last resort because i genuinely think this problem could be the end of my marriage oh yay (laughs) also a throwaway because my husband is a frequent redditor of course he is (laughs) all right my husband 35 year old male and i 32 year old female welcomed our first baby three months ago we've been married seven years now and decided it was time to expand our family Everything was going well, and we were in our little newborn bubble of bliss until the hospital bills came. Both my husband and I have jobs, and everything financially is split 50-50, but we've always kept our money separate with the exception of a joint account for bills. Throughout the duration of the pregnancy, I plan to go for an unmedicated natural birth with as little intervention as possible. This was up until I hit the 24-hour mark of labor. I caved and got the epidural, which I was open to having if I needed it. My husband had no problem with it, even encouraged me. When the bill came, he brought it to me to pay all $8,000 of it after insurance from my personal savings. I asked why. He said, you're the one that couldn't hold out for a few more hours and jacked up the bill with all your meds and an extra night's stay, and he shouldn't have to pay for all of my extra requests. If I wanted luxury, I should expect to pay for it. I was stunned and flipped out, but I'll spare you the details. He refuses to budge, calling me a princess for expecting him to pay for all the, quote, extra add-ons I requested in the hospital. This is by far the biggest issue in our 14-year-long relationship so far, and I'm so lost on where to go from here. I gave in and paid the bill, but since then we haven't been talking much, and honestly, I just feel disrespected. Do I have the right to feel this way, or is it just hormones? Am I the asshole for expecting him to contribute towards the cost of my childbirth? Would I be the asshole for considering leaving him? <laughs> and again, I say this is a throw the whole man away. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah, that is, what a dick, man. And like, again, I say, like, there had to have been red flags leading up to this point. This, this, 
this sort of behavior does not come out of nowhere. Like whenever people write these things, like the, with the with the creepy friend story just now, or with yeah. this, there have to be indicators leading up to this. There's always more to the story. I feel like because this doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like your husband doesn't just wake up and decide to be a flaming asshole misogynist one day. Like there's there's signs. She's been with him for 14 years, and I'm like, wait. How did you not know that he, you know, doesn't respect you as the mother of his child and, like, doesn't understand childbirth? Like, I don't... I'm just blown away. Yeah, and it's, like, also, like, you contributed, man. Like, this is your baby. This is literally your child. Like, I don't know, like, what you want. Like... Well, yeah, yeah. it's, like, if you were having to go through this experience, you'd want it as, like, easy as possible for you, so... Yeah. Also, like, did he expect her to just fucking go out in the woods and squat down? I mean, like, I don't know what he expected, but, like, any anything's expensive. Like, the fact that even, like, she said initially she wanted to go have, like, largely unmedicated and, like, as natural as possible and stuff, that shit's still expensive because you still, like, have to, like... Like, places that are, like, all natural and stuff, even if you go to, like, a birthing center or something, like, those are expensive, too. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like any of it's cheap. Unless you literally are just, like, by yourself at your house, which is super dangerous. Like, I mean, it's all expensive at the end of the day. So, I I don't know what he expected. Like, dear God. What cracks me up is there's an old Pat Nozop build uh, bit about, like, whenever, like, he and his wife at the time were going to have their baby. Yeah. And he's like, all these people are like, oh, you got to do a natural birth. And he's like, you know what the pioneers dreamt of back in the day? Fucking hospital. <laughs> For real, though. Like, we have the technology. <laughs> yeah, just use it. Who cares? Like, you may not have to go through the whole bits. But, like, if you do, like, that's where to be if you need an emergency. And childbirth can be messy. Yeah, like, I fully respect people who do want to go the unnatural, like, unmedicated, like, or the natural unmedicated route, like, with minimal medical intervention. Like, I totally respect it. On some level, I get it, too, because, like, I do think, like, childbirth is, like, a natural process that we have, like, overly, like, medicinized. I don't know how to say it, but, like, we've made it overly medical. Like, it is true. Like, we've gone too far in the other direction. But there's reasons that we've gone that way. And it's for, like, the mother's safety and stuff. Now, sometimes that backfires and actually makes things worse. So I totally respect people and I get it if they want to go all natural. But at the same time, like, again, we have the fucking technology. Like, like, if you don't want to be in horrific pain, like, you don't have to. There's no reason. Like, we have things for that now. So, yeah, I just, I don't get it. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's like if you're, like, going to go on a vacation to Vegas and it's like, oh, what, like a three-hour drive? And you're like... No, I'm going to do a horse and buggy, and I'll get there in, like, three days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it just, I, I don't understand. Like, I'm like, no, we we created this for a reason. Like, we mm-hmm. have options now. It's great. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. What's your next one? Uh, am I the asshole for embarrassing my sister-in-law? Hmm. I'm always intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Could go either way. You never know. <laughs> you do not. So I, 25 female, went out to dinner with my sister-in-law, who's 28, bachelorette party this past weekend. Between my sister-in-law and my husband, he's 26, sister-in-law has always been the golden child of the family. Growing up, my in-laws coddled her and gave her everything that she wanted, while my husband always got the shitty end of the stick. She was always the popular girl in school, cheerleader, lots of friends, all the boys loved her, while my husband was always a little bit more nerdy and got picked on quite a bit. Even my in-laws would give him a hard time about it 
and say he needed to be more like his sister. While fast forward today, both my husband and I went to top schools, got our degrees, and currently have very well-paying jobs in tech. I'm not trying to sound braggy, this is just the context, but we are very comfortable life. Sister-in-law still currently lives at home with my in-laws, where they all foot the bill for all her bills. She had my niece for uh, with her ex and is currently on marriage number two. This past weekend, I was invited to this fancy upscale restaurant in the city for my sister-in-law's bachelorette party. She just wanted to do a nice dinner. There was about eight of us total. At the end of the dinner, the bill comes and the waiter hands it to me. I'm sitting there confused for a second until sister-in-law speaks up and says, it's all my parents and I were talking about and thinking that you and my brother can handle the bill for this as a wedding gift since you're not financially contributing to my wedding. I stared at her in shock for a moment and then there was like, uh, and you didn't think to bring this up to me beforehand? She started going off about how we were so well off, so what's the big deal? And she's sure her brother wouldn't have an issue with it. I asked her why her fiancé doesn't foot the bill, or my in-laws, or where, where in her right mind does she think it's okay to spring this on me? She started going on about how we're all the wealthiest in both her and her fiancé's family, and that she didn't think I would act like this, and I would say yes. I told her, well, sorry, but I'm not your parents. Don't expect handouts from me. She called me selfish, and, call, and I called her an entitled brat, paid for half the bill and left. Or her half of the bill and left, not the total half. Well, as expected, my mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and even some of her cousins and aunts on my husband's side have been absolutely furious with me and are expecting me to apologize for the comments. I told them over my dead body, husband is 100% on my side, and we were debating on not going to the wedding at all. I was talking to my mom, and she thinks that I took it too far with the comments and should just apologize to keep the peace. Am I the asshole? Uh, fact uh the bill was over a thousand dollars wow yeah <laughs> oh my <laughs> god what a messy situation that is messy i don't think she should apologize for shit yeah no i mean i agree it, like no it's not on her but what a fucked up situation <laughs> i don't get why you would think like i, I it's my party I'm just going to give this bill to someone random in the group and be like, hey, you got this, right? Yeah, for real. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, people are wild. Also, I uh, get the whole, like, why are you not financially contributing to my wedding, like, conversation, too, of, like, it's your fucking wedding. Like, like what possible responsibility do they have to contribute to this? That's so bizarre. Like, yeah. Well, like, so especially weird. if they were married, I would have just been like, so what did you contribute to ours? Yeah, where's your contribution? <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. All right. Um, For my last one, I'll give you a choice. Do you want a funny one or a creepy one? Um, Which one do you prefer? Or is there like a... I don't just know. Different... Let's, go, let's go funny. Okay. All right, cool. Um, To... Today I fucked up by flirting with a girl I liked while I was multitasking. All right. So I'm in college and was assigned a group for the group project. We were all in a chat working on the project trying to coordinate. At the same time, I was flirting with a girl I had been dating. She asked that I share a sexy picture of myself. I clicked the wrong text group and sent a picture of myself shirtless from the waist up, cropped very close to but not exposing my crotch. This was about an hour or two ago. I am mortified and feel physically sick. (laughs) I deleted the photo, but it was still in the chat. I kept apologizing profusely. (laughs) I feel worse the more I talk about it and the more I think about it. 
I have a presentation today with this group of classmates. Fuck my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then the comments were really good. (laughs) The top comment is, well, there's only one thing left to do tomorrow. Show up to the presentation topless. Own your shame. (laughs) And then the person below it said, I do the exact opposite. Show up bottomless to complete the circle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and everyone else is just like yep no other choice you gotta do it <laughs> no definitely you gotta so yeah <laughs> short and sweet That's great. love it <laughs> what's your last one okay this is a little long but i think it's very worth it all right because uh we go to an unexpected territory oh love it so she's 27 i'm not gonna read the title um because it gives it away And I've been with my boyfriend for 28 for two and a half years now. Our relationship didn't have any problems. Until recently, he started being less intimate with me. He blames it on work or other things. We hardly get time for each other. I sat sat down with him to talk to me. I expressed my feelings that we were not having sex often and and that we should have something to talk about it. We had hours-long talk and came to a solution that we should track back to the times we started dating. He was good to me. He brought me flowers and left me love notes, and we had passionate sex. But that stopped after about three weeks. I thought this time we should have a serious talk about our relationship and where it's going. I tried to talk to him, but he just told me it was really exhausted. I know people would normally tell me that he is cheating on me, but I have yet to get any suspicion of it. We know each other's passwords, and I haven't found out anything yet. After weeks of withholding sex and intimacy from me, he was very lovey-dovey. He would cook for me and clean the house without even me having to tell him. He was very intimate with me. The day he set up a romantic mood for me and pampered me. So we took uh, things to our bedroom. He was really gentle at first, but then got rough. It felt really good. We were going through a dry spell during that time. When I was about to finish, he choked me and said, I will cheat on you, you fucking slut. I froze. I didn't finish, but he did. I don't know what came uh, on to... What came on to me, I was filled with rage. I kicked him out of my bed and had the nerve to act shocked like he hadn't done anything wrong. I was screaming, get out. I was full on rampage. I was pushing him out of my bedroom, not caring. Uh, he was only able to get his underwear and that I was naked. I was able to kick him out in the middle of the night and told him to never show his face or I will kill him. We do not live together, so he won't be homeless. I am still a bit shaken over what happened, but he keep blasting my phone that I overreacted. So that's the first part of the story. What do you think? Okay. I don't know what to think. I I, I think you just have to continue. I, I don't know where we're at right now. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize uh, I had to give an update so soon, but my stupid brain uh, ex finally gave a justification for why he said, and I think it's worth to know because I'm still thinking about it. So last night he texted me and said that he wants to apologize for what he's done. He told some of his friends, hoping that they would take his side, but most of them said he was crazy and stupid. So I arranged a meetup at a random restaurant. I will not risk him being at my home after what he did. I also took his stuff in a bag. I am done with him. No matter what excuses he has, it's not enough to justify what he did. So today we met for lunch, and he immediately begged for forgiveness as soon as he saw the bag full of his stuff. He told me he made a mistake. He was so stupid to think he would actually work on me. He only realized he was wrong when he friends told him he was a psycho for saying something like that. I asked him, why did he think something like that would actually work? So, this son of a bitch gave me the dumbest explanation in human history. He has been watching a lot of Manosphere podcasts, mostly for financial advice. Oh, no. He started, 
Yep, here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, it all clicked. It all makes sense once you hear it. Yep. He started watching a very infamous person who's in jail for human trafficking. Oh, I won't say his name. Yep, yep, oh. yep. <laughs> <laughs> he strikes again. <laughs> yep, looks like my boyfriend is a tater tot. So my ex. Uh, Are they tater tots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's so good. <laughs> Tater tots. Oh, uh, so stupid. I love it. Right, it was so good. Okay. My, <sighs> ex, my ex told me he saw one of his videos where it teaches how to reprogram a woman. No. That's, yeah. That's, that's why what he's trying to do. <laughs> oh, my so... God. That's why he's been withholding sex and only giving me intimacy at random times when I was very vulnerable. Oh, and the part where he chokes me and says I will cheat on you is also from that tater tot video. My bonehead ex explains that if you tell a girl that he will cheat on her while she's about to finish, it will be programmed into her brain. So the next time you cheat or mention cheating, it will make her horny and she will not revolt. What the fuck? Yeah, look, I've been <laughs> taking computer programming classes online for a while, but I know for sure that's not how fucking programming works. But anyway, I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. I asked him why he felt the need to say it. He told me he was afraid I would cheat on him, so he wanted to create this in my head so I will never think about cheating on his. But he swears that he will not cheat on me. Yeah, sure, I believe that. My bud was boiling. I wanted to yell but swallowed my anger. At the end, I stood up and told him, well, now you know it doesn't fucking work. And word of advice, stop following a human trafficker and stop taking uh, relationship lessons from a guy who is toxic and has an IQ of equivalent to a potato. Otherwise, you have uh, today your right hand for the rest of your fucking pathetic existence. He whined and said he would give uh, to give him a second chance, and I just told him I would rather stick my head in a hornet's nest than to give an incel man-child like him a second chance. He's 28, almost in his 30s, and still listens to this man like a tater tot. He has no personality for himself. He just borrows from a sex trafficker. Well, I think, well, that's it. I cannot believe I was dating a tater tot. I really need to take several showers now, but I didn't think to ask him if he was cheating or not. But it really doesn't fucking matter now. So, yeah. My God. (laughs) So I guess that's the end of that relationship. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. I was, uh, it made sense once I saw Manosphere and I was like, fuck it's one of those but at first oh, i was just no. like what the hell is that guy doing just because like, yeah I, at first i was just like confused i was just like what like <laughs> you know, especially because i've seen like some couples online who like like that does cheat them on like turn them on like they won't even like actually cheat but just like talking about cheating during sex like weirdly turns them on so i thought it was like something like that at first yeah or maybe he was going through some weird misguided like oh this is what women are into thing or something you know like not in a andrew tate way but just in like uh he got a hold of like some misleading porn or something i don't know (laughs) like i was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt there in the beginning but oh no (laughs) oh no Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tater tot. <laughs> it's so much better than what they call themselves, or, like, the top Gs is, like, what they call themselves. So Tater tot's so much better. They call better. themselves the top Gs? Yeah, because that's what Andrew Tate calls himself, is he's the top G, so everyone else around him are top what do you Gs. Mean a, what do you mean a G? I don't understand. I don't know either. I don't get it. I don't, I don't yeah. Understand. It's ridiculous wow 
Okay. Well, very cool. Very fun. I had, um, a, I had a tiny little quick one. That I just I didn't want to like read it, read it. I just wanted to read the um, out, outline of it. It was under the petty revenge. Oh, yes. Please do. Um, my grandma debted my uncle $14 in her will. She gave all the other children like 50 grand. But to this one guy, like she hated, like she kept tabs of every dollar that she spit on him. And so it came out to negative $14. Oh my God. <laughs> she debited him that money in her will. He owes a dead woman $14. It's wonderful. That's, that is the definition of petty revenge. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> it was, uh, it was amazing. I was like, man, I grandma rocks. I love that. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, he's there at the reading of the will and he's got to like take out his wallet and be like, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> amazing <laughs> she even admitted she's like i don't know if there's any legal ramifications for this but i just think it's very funny <laughs> it's that's worth it that's so good oh my god hooey all right well we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll hit some conspiracies be right back and we're back and all right what you got for conspiracies this week I got another quick update to the Illuminati, actually. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, oh, I thought Thomas was going to bark more, but you just had like a yo, I know. So. No, I think he just wants to hear about the Illuminati also. I think he's yeah, just he, like, yeah, yeah, Joe, tell me. <laughs> yeah, he seemed real into that, which yeah, uh, good for him. He's stoked. <laughs> so they did an update. Uh, oddly enough, like I said, like they're not the normal depressing episodes. So they make good for this podcast, but still I'm a little bit like disappointed to a degree like <laughs> i'm sorry it's not deeply upsetting enough for you <laughs> so um have you ever heard of a man called carrie thornley no can't say so, that i have this is where the illuminati picks up so essentially where we left off was like french revolution ish because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was after like the actual illuminati ended so yep good stuff essentially in the meantime it was just a lot of like more conservative type people richer people who are like believing in this like they more the belief in the illuminati was bad than there actually is like any illuminati yeah so then like the 50s 60s happened so like now we're like 1950s 1960s and so there's a group of guys getting together and carrie thornley is one of them and he's kind of this guy who he just believes like anything like pretty much like crazy to a degree like he goes from being like hardcore communist to like reading the Ayn Rand book and then like believing into like hardcore capitalism. So like, oh, just, no. yeah, he's one of those guys that just like shifts from like one ideology to like another like extreme ideology. Like he's like that. Oh, no. He's one of those who's like, have you ever read Atlas Shrugged? <laughs> so <sighs> Mr. Kerry uh, Thornley has a very famous friend or infamous do you want to guess who his friend is? I can't even fathom, honestly. Lee Harvey Oswald. No. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Plot twist. <laughs> Mr. Carey does not help his cause because prior to the Kennedy assassination, um, he decides to write a book. I want to know what the title of this book is what how how to kill the president i don't know like <laughs> somehow it's worse than that we're gonna also gonna circle back to what you said but somehow the title's worse than that why hitler wasn't that bad 
quote wasn't that bad no he's like oh no he's like hitler you know he he, he wasn't that bad but like I, I don't know there is like a you can't say that there, there is an argument that a lot of people do put that there's like worse nazis and essentially that's what the book is but it's a lot of like kind of white supremacist ish. I mean, also arguably yeah. like Stalin also was much yeah. worse in terms of like sheer number of mm-hmm. people killed and everything. Like there are arguments to be made there, but it's not that Hitler wasn't bad. It's just that yeah, there's a lot of bad people. <laughs> like, yeah, you also don't title your book that. No matter no. what the book says, you no. don't title your book that. <laughs> like, no, no, no. So oh. in this Hitler book, he has a like dedication to his dear friend lee harvey oswald where he does talk about him a lot Mm -hmm. and he has another book where he also talks fondly about lee harvey oswald well um carrie also had another bad habit which was going to what you said which is he would go to bars and get drunk Mm. and talk about how much he wanted to assassinate john f kennedy there it is yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, see i knew it was coming (laughs) just a just a little hint whenever he was at work and Kennedy did get assassinated and his first reaction was I bet it was my friend old Lee Harvey Oswald like he broadcast this to the world stop it he needs to chill he needs to calm down eventually the FBI starts investigating him oh no of course Because literally, he's like shouting it from the rooftops. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy makes an interesting move when he realizes the FBI is like spying on him. Okay. He shows up to FBI headquarters to talk to them. That was actually going to be my guess. And I'm like, what would any sane or reasonable person do? He's going to do the polar opposite. And he's going to be like, heard you want to talk to me. (laughs) Let me tell you everything. What's interesting is he is so crazy that this crazy move actually kind of works in his favor. Okay. Because he wants to talk to them and tell them why Lee Harvey Oswald is innocent. Oh, jeez. And he also has a pretty airtight alibi about like what he was doing that day. So like clearly he's not really motivated. Like it's not, yeah, like clearly it's yeah. not actually him. And like this man is clearly they, insane. And I don't think those two actually talked for like three or six months prior. So like clearly like he didn't really have a whole lot to do with it. Although he did have a pretty funny antidote about his time with the FBI, which okay. is that the FBI just really wanted to know if Lee Harvey Oswald was gay. Like that's. That seemed to be their biggest concern. That's the priority here, for sure. Yep. Definitely so, not not if he was a killer, just if he was gay. <laughs> so you're probably wondering how this all relates to the Illuminati, and we will get to that. You know, I had completely forgotten about the Illuminati. <laughs> I was really wrapped up in this whole situation. <laughs> so um, it's kind of hard, because the whole episode goes into it, and I'm just trying to get a three-line. But essentially... There's like the John Birch Society. They start kind of publicize republicizing the Illuminati belief. Um, and yeah, so that's how that starts with them. Well, kind of in the 60s, there's like almost like a satanic movement, if you're familiar with like the kind of newer day Satanists. Mm-hmm. In yeah, that, yeah. like they there's like this imaginary group that is demonized. So then this group comes together and says, Oh yeah, we're them. So yeah, essentially these group of guys get together and they start like actually pretending to be the Illuminati, but but beyond that they start like publishing like homemade magazines to people, like 
pretending to be the Illuminati, and the whole thing is like kind of a joke. Well, <laughs> they get taken up a notch because um, essentially Playboy magazine used to be cool, like back in the day. You know, like, so I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> there's also like a legitimately cool part where like the articles were cool, and so like some of the editors like. Well, really that was like the running joke was always like, yeah. oh no, I, I read it for the articles. <laughs> no, but it's funny because like the articles actually were good. Um, that's how like the autobiography like Malcolm X started like there's some interesting stuff with Playboy but so essentially some of the editors were getting on this and they're like kind of publishing some of these wacky uh Illuminati like letters in the magazine but then they got let in on the joke that the whole thing is a joke so then they started like going one over and like Playboy was like we're in with the Illuminati like as a joke so that's how this gets publicized so then back to our I don't know if he's a hero or what to freaking call him but <laughs> lee harvey oswald's friend carrie thornley gets on this and like he's being taken part of like a lot of conspiracies because people like conspiracy wise think he helped lee harvey oswald kill him so then he goes full blast and like says he joins the illuminati and he's he's a member of it and but these people kind of enjoy having him just because like the whole thing is a joke and they know like he really didn't help kill kennedy yeah. um so yeah, this is what helped permeate things because now we've like put it into like some fact that uh, the assassination of JFK was like done by the Illuminati. Hmm. Okay. I I guess that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it all adds up. <laughs> it all's coming together. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um I just like that what? the guy like literally made the worst argument for himself to get investigated by the FBI to like release multiple books where he's like, Yeah, Lee Harvey also is my friend. And then they interviewed people in his life and they're like, Yeah, he really did talk about assassinating Kennedy a whole lot. <laughs> That's kind of his thing. <laughs> like, imagine being like known for that. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he talked about it a lot. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. Um Wow, what a time. What a time. What a time, indeed. Um, okay. So, for my conspiracy corner, this actually came, I think, at the suggestion of, slash request of you, maybe. Um, yeah, it's really Kelsey. Uh, she's <laughs> she's very into this whole saga. Uh, I Okay, so we're going to talk about the Haley Selena justin bieber drama um i'm not thrilled to talk about this because it's all completely just idiotic um i think it's like the stupidest drama ever it's completely pointless um however it has been all the internet has been talking about for like the past several weeks so i think we have to address it um i will give kind of like a very, very abbreviated crash course on like what's been going on. Um, because unfortunately I have absorbed a lot about this, whether I want to or not. Um, but I just want to put the disclaimer on there that like, I think the whole thing is stupid. Like I, all of it's really ridiculous. Um, it's in conspiracy corner because the, basically a large part of the, the drama quote unquote that's happening is the different camps supporting the different sides literally like spec wildly speculating and basically like creating dramatic timelines 
out of all of this stuff that is maybe unrelated slash maybe just coincidence like but basically like the internet is creating their own conspiracy theories pretty much about this drama and that's where all the dramas come from so without further ado we're talking about Haley Bieber formerly Haley Baldwin she is a nepo baby daughter of a lesser Baldwin brother cool I think Steven is her dad I don't know um and then we've got Justin Bieber, of course, teen idol, et cetera, et cetera. Um, problematic dude all around. Um, and then we've <laughs> <Yeah>. got, <laughs> like, I got no else to say about him. He, honestly, all of this boils down to the fact that no one should be fighting over this man. He's the worst. The end. Um, and then we've got Selena Gomez, Disney Channel star, was on Barney, been in the industry her entire life. I actually um, didn't know she was on Barney. That's interesting. Yeah, she started on Barney. She has been <laughs> in the entertainment industry her literally her entire life um was on disney wizards of waverly place all that now she is a makeup guru she has her own rare beauty brand it's actually very good um yeah so she's just she's doing her thing so those are the three key players involved there's also um different kardashian jenners thrown into the mix so we've got kylie jenner and kendall jenner kind of wrapped up in this a little bit um and then think that's all kind of like the the key players um there's some other random characters here and there but basically let's back up to like roughly like 10 years ago um this starts with the fact that okay one also like all of these people are young like they're all younger than us especially like Haley Bieber is like really young um so like they're all younger than us they're babies um <laughs> let's back up to the fact that like basically we have to establish the fact that Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber dated when they were babies, when they were young. They dated. They were on again, off again for years. They had kind of a very rocky, very public kind of relationship while Justin Bieber was going through kind of like his worst times of being like a menace to society, basically, in the tabloids and stuff causing problems. Like he was going through his like teenage rebellion phase, like post like I'm a pop idol, like I'm an adult, I'm a man now. So he was he was a mess. Him and Selena were a mess together. They dated on and off, et cetera, et cetera. Um around that time he also supposedly hooked up with like Kendall Jenner and then like Kylie was like friends with them. So there's like a long history of like Jenner sisters involvement in this as well. Then um like back in the day Haley Baldwin had tweeted about how much she loved Justin and Selena together. Like she was like a big fan and she was like a fan of Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. And she like met him at like a red carpet event or something when she was like legit like a child and was like obsessed with him like all the other like teenage girls or whatever. Um then so basically that establishes that like he dated and married a fan which people I guess is like frowned upon or like people think is like a diss to Haley that like oh he like married a fan when like celebrities do that all the time whatever Also, it's fucking Justin Bieber like that's almost impossible not to marry a fan at that point just because like he was so big yeah it's like like, how I'm sorry are you gonna like get someone who lived under a rock who like doesn't know who he is I mean come on like yeah that'd be like the Beatles not marrying a fan it's like cool everyone listened to them like it's pretty much impossible at that point but yeah continue yeah but but the, the the Haley haters like to say like oh he married a fan and here's the proof of it from her her Twitter from 2011 or some shit you know so like it's a whole thing, um so 
him and Selena were on again, off again. And he, he knew Haley and was like friends with Haley. And I guess the Jenners at one point invited Selena to somewhere in Europe or something for like New Year's. So that supposedly Justin could spend New Year's Eve with Haley, which he did because I guess there's pictures or something. I don't know. That was like a weird thing. It kind of just like establishes the fact that the Jenners have always been on Haley's side kind of in this whole argument. Um, So then like fast forward, they're on again, off again. Then they, they break up for the last time. And then notably like a couple months later, he marries Haley. And she is now Haley Bieber. So that happened very fast. I think everyone remembers when that happened because it did happen like really abruptly. It was like out of nowhere. And you're like, yo, what? So they got married. And then people just like have not been able to let it rest ever since then. Everyone on the internet just like for some reason really wants to tie Selena into this relationship forever and ever. Like there's people who just can't let go of the Justin Selena thing. And like, that's where like pretty much all of the recent drama has come from. So there's been a lot of like slights over the years of like, basically like Selena will like release a song and then like Haley would post something on her Instagram story with like a song titled like I'll kill you or something like, and just like stuff like that. And people like to just like wildly speculate, like, Oh my God, this is a response or whatever. And like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I don't know. I feel like people just read too much into all of this stuff. So it's been like a lot of stuff like that. Um, And then like most recently, this is all kind of like blown up again because, um, maybe like a month ago, like Selena posted this like TikTok saying that like she got her eyebrows like overly laminated, which eyebrow laminating is like this thing. It's like a trendy beauty procedure right now. So she like posted a TikTok about it. Ha ha. Okay, cool. But then like the, I guess Haley and Kylie Jenner, then posted like a video of them like showing each other their eyebrows or something and being like is this too laminated or something I don't know it was like I, I I don't know what it was so everyone read into this and thought that like they were like somehow like making fun of Selena or something and then like basically Selena felt the need to jump in and be like oh my god you guys know it's all good like I love them like she commented on the the post or something it was basically like no like I love Kylie like you guys are great or something so like multiple times like the parties involved in this have tried to squash this and be like no things are good like we're all friends like even like last year or something like they Selena and Haley posted a picture of the two of them together at like an award show like showing like it's all love like we're friends and stuff but like the internet just like will not stop basically So then, like, Selena said, like, she's taking a break from TikTok for a while, and she keeps posting cryptic stuff about how people need to be kinder and all this stuff. So, like, it's just, it's just messy and chaotic, and people like to read into things when I feel like there's nothing there, but people think that, like, it's all these, like, super subtle, like, digs at people. It's really bizarre. So then, like, most recently, um, the part that I think is interesting is Justin Bieber has been largely 
quiet on this front. Like every now and then he posts something like he has gotten yeah. involved a few times. Like he has posted and been like, like, like Haley is my wife. Please be nicer to her. Because a lot of the other thing is like, people are like huge fans of Selena. She has like a massive fan base and they've been just like, they'll just like troll Haley. Mm-hmm. And like, he's been, he's come out a few times. I think I've been like, Haley's my wife, like, please accept it, please be nicer to her, like, all love for Selena, but, like, we're not together, you know, like, he has, like, said a few times, but he's largely silent on this front, so Justin Bieber recently had a birthday party, and at his birthday party, he gave out party favors, which, first of all, I think is fucking weird, but they were, like, these lighters, and the lighter said on it, I'm so thankful that I didn't end up with what I thought I wanted, so that's just a weird... It's a weird it's thing. Big as fuck too. Like it's it's so it could be anything. Like it's a weird thing to hand out at your birthday party, but it's also yeah. super vague. So I just think the whole thing is super weird all around. That is like very weird timing, and I do think it is like a very strange like that could be construed as a dig. Like I do think that is one of the more obvious ones of all of this that like makes sense. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know, like what the fuck? Like, can these people just live? Like, I don't know. Just like, leave. I just kind of want everyone in this story to just shut up and be left. Like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Like I want them to like, let's leave them alone. I don't know. Uh, <sighs> one thing Kelsey basically- said, yeah, one thing Kelsey sent me was um, there's an appearance that Justin Bieber made on, like, some talk show mm-hmm. where, like, he's talking about him and Haley getting together. And he's, like, clearly joking. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was, like, totally an arranged marriage, this or that. And so, like, yeah, essentially he learned that's not what you do on the Internet. Um, that's you, you don't joke about those things because people don't know what parody is. And they took him completely seriously. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And, like, I think a lot of it also is that, like, I feel like all of these people have, like, a younger fan base. Mm -hmm. And they, like, don't understand, like, I guess, like, the nuance of, like, adult relationships. Like, I just think, like, they don't. They're like, oh, my God, Justin and Selena are meant to be together. Like, and they're just never going to let that go. And it's like these people are fucking adults. Like he's married to someone else. Like, can we all move on? Like, I just, I don't know. It just is so bizarre to me, but that's the drama. There's, Like I said, there's been a bunch of other minor things here and there that I just like really don't care about or want to get into. But basically I just want everyone to shut up. Like <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. It's really dumb. I don't know why people are so into this. Cause it's like, to me, it's like not even that interesting of conspiracy. It's just not like, like, like what the conspiracy is basically that like what him and selena are still in love with each other and should be together but they okay the, but they <laughs> had the chance to be together and now they're not like, that's yeah, yeah like ooh, big conspiracy there <laughs> cool their their perfectly normal relationship didn't work out wow <laughs> how shocking um yeah i don't know people are crazy but yeah that's my conspiracy so Next up, um, do we want to talk this week's MILF Manor a little bit? Oh, God, this show. <laughs> this show. I like that I, like, put it off of my brain. So, like, right before we were recording, I was watching it, and you're like, hey, let's record. I'm like, I got five minutes of this dumb shit to go. 
Yeah, so you like, were like, should I finish the last five minutes before we record? And I'm like, yeah, you absolutely should, because shit blows wide open in the last five minutes. Like, <laughs> So um, what I was watching whenever I got on with Sarah was uh, this man and his girlfriend, I don't know, uh, were finger painting. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and happened. then he sang, and he he wrote a song and sang to her. <laughs> it was the lamest song I've ever heard. It was so deeply cringe. Like, and also, how do you come up with finger painting as like an activity that you should do on a date? Like, I just, I'm fascinated. That's the craziest part about this show is like just the weird shit they come up with. I think like, and it's such lame weird shit too. Okay. So like the finger painting and the singing. There was one amazing moment of like amazing editing that I got to give this show credit for. It was the first time I like legitimately laughed out loud very hard because um, basically Pola is having like a love triangle with like Ryan. And then was it Jimmy is the other guy that like she just started really talking to this episode. Yes. And okay. My favorite is like they watched They like cut out to her like an interview with her as they like on the beach together just hanging out. And she's all like, Oh my god, he's just so like much more intellectual than Ryan. He's just really smart. We just have like like our brains really just connect so well. And then they pan to like an interview with him. And he's like, Oh man, I'm just real glad I didn't get a boner on the beach. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. The editing on this show is not good, but every once in a while they do something right. <laughs> I agree. Like this show's not really great. The editing's not great, but like occasionally there's like a gold moment. I know. Every once in a while you just get some like absolute gold. Um I also have to talk about the cactus tour. Um <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who didn't watch, there's this one guy who honestly I think is like serial killer vibes. Like he gives the creepiest energy of anyone in the house, I think. Um, this is guy. And then he asked Charlene, our resident horniest lady ever, on a date. And Charlene is cool. She's actually like my favorite one on the show. She definitely, she actually looks like she would just be like your friend's mom. Like she's not like super milfy in the traditional sense she's kind of just normal like she, she looks good but you know she's like normal um but she's so deeply horny and she's she so horny. <laughs> she's really excited that this man asked her on a date to like get to know her better so they go on a date and he asks her to walk through the cactus garden with her so okay cool they go on a nice little walk he just starts spewing cactus facts like random ass cactus facts at her He's like, cactuses come in diff different colors. Did you know that? And then he starts, like, listing the different colors. And then he starts telling her about what types of cactuses. And, like, it just, she's just like, yeah, he he learned a lot of cactus facts for this. That was really thoughtful. But, like, she's literally going with it. Like, this is the cringiest thing ever. But she's so deeply horny. She literally is just, like, goes along with it. She's like, yeah, it was really thoughtful that he put this date together. I feel really seen and cared for. Like, it's so funny. It's so cringe. <laughs> and she keeps basically being like, we should make out. And he just like, is like so nervous. Like he's just like staring at her. And I'm just like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> Did they ever kiss? Like he's like, let's go to the beach, but they never showed it. No. And then we didn't get to see what happened at the beach. So I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe we'll get like a recap next time. Um, I also have to talk about the fact of like the Jose's like big sneaky adventure. <laughs> I was like, 
the complete opposite. Like he literally just like I love how he's like, we have to be sneaky. We're gonna sneak out. No one can know. It's so risky. They literally got in a chartered car that the producers yeah. had sent and drove like literally down the street to like so a they... shitty hotel and they went to a hotel room. That was the full extent of it. It wasn't even like a nice hotel. <laughs> It also seemed just, like, so planned by the producers where it just felt like, this is so stupid. Yeah, and also, like, they de- they definitely boned, though, so that was good. We actually got some people boning on the show, finally. finally. Yeah, finally. I like that all the, like, they stage it where all the ladies would find out about it, too. Like I know, they literally had them walk right in front of them to, like, come in and out, and then they're like, oh my god, did you see them? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, no shit, everyone saw them. Like, <laughs> And I like that the ladies were actually still into Jose after, like, he pulled that shit. They were like, I don't know. I think Kelly's corrupting him. I'm like, I think he's just an asshole. Like, I'm pretty sure he's just an asshole at this point. Like, I know. That's the funny part is, like, they all keep, like, vilifying Kelly. And I'm like, no, Jose's a shitbag. He's playing all of you. He knows exactly what he's doing. Like, oh, my God. Oh, boy. Um... But then why I wanted you to watch all the way to the end is the preview for next week's episode looks absolutely unhinged and I'm so excited. They bring like relatives and like family members like onto the show. Like they're bringing like the other children of like these moms and they're bringing like ex-husbands and stuff like on the show to like confront I think like the boys in the house and I am just like that's so good i can't wait because i've been saying all along like throw some ex-boyfriends in the mix or something like so that's i can't wait <laughs> and what i like too is like there's like some um of the cast who have like daughters and the daughters are like hey want to hook up to the guys and the guys are like uh yeah i kind of do like yeah no exactly like it's gonna get so like messy <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> oh man so yeah, that's a uh, that's Milf Manor. Um, um, all right. So next up, uh, let's talk about Last of Us for a hot minute. How yeah, are so we? Uh, how are we feeling? <laughs> it's actually somehow. So like you know, like I don't know if you ever read a book and then watched a movie afterwards. Like if you like seen that adaptation, mm-hmm. where yeah. like I don't know, there's something like oddly comforting or like oh I can't wait for this to happen or that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the opposite with this show. I feel like I'm partially punished for playing the video game because I know things are going to happen and I am dreading for them to happen. <laughs> You're just like not emotionally ready for it. Yeah. No, <laughs> no it's, it's happened like nearly every episode where I'm like, oh shit, we're going to do this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing this. I mean, like, it's really well done. It's, it's not a diss on the show. It's just like, there's such like tragic that you're just like, oh God, this is going to gut me again. Yeah, yeah. So this this weekend's episode, yes, Sunday's episode. Oh my god. It was I think one of my favorite episodes yet. Mm-hmm. Um just because I had kind of wondered like all along, I'm like, okay. Like you get like post-apocalyptic like world with like bands of people trying to survive and stuff like you're gonna get some crazy like religious zealots and stuff so like I kind of wondered why we hadn't seen that until now so I'm glad we saw that angle of it because you knew you know that's gonna happen um and then like there was obviously like they're like 
cannibals so that was a fun element to it i mean there's like a lot going on there and then he wanted like leader guy wanted to make ellie like his creepy like like wife or whatever like there's just a lot of creepy shit going down that was like really fun this episode but then that ending just like wrecked my soul oh yeah my god when joel finds her and holds her and he calls her baby girl i was like like I died. <laughs> I was like sobbing. <laughs> like, I think I sent you. I sent you that meme, and it was like Joel, like says baby girl, and then it was like me, <laughs> violently crying, screaming, shaking, throwing up, pulling out my hair, bashing my head into the wall, and going ape shit. Like actually though, <laughs> like <laughs> so too much, way too much. Oh. The actual video game is really interesting because the way they format it, it's like unlike almost anything I've seen in any other game where it's the first time in the game where you're like separated as like Joel and Ellie. So like mm-hmm. your perspective will shift where like you play Ellie for a bit, then you play for Joel for a bit. But it's kind of interesting because you're getting closer and closer to each other. Mm-hmm. But it like doesn't reach the full way. And then you're Ellie. And then the scene at the end happens where you like have to kill David. And like the whole time you're just like, fuck like because like david is just like so fucking evil and like yeah you're ellie which like you're not that experienced in the game yet or like even ellie in the show which is like she hasn't had that much experience like fighting or like really being in this world as much like joel's mostly been there for to protect her so like it's like legitimately terrifying just because like it's just like so crazy but no uh bella ramsey like absolutely killed at this episode like she was definitely like the best performance yeah if she doesn't get like an emmy for this like i'm gonna like riot like she's so good yeah especially this one in particular just because like especially that scene where she's like stabbing him like the 30 something times oh my god and it's like intense and then she like slows down for a bit and then she like picks back up like 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 just seeing that trauma like with her it's like it it was intense yeah, no, it was so crazy. It was a really good episode, though. Damn. I, I know we only have one episode left, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could say anything, just because, like, it, it, if you thought this wrecked you the next episode... No, like, I'm not ready. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the video game, like, I, I like, stopped... Like, the video game ended, and I just, like, stared at a wall for, like, an hour, because I was like, fuck, man. Like, okay. <laughs> That happened. So crazy. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, do we want to get into some thirst corner then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we have a new list, which I'm very excited about, actually. Um, So we finally finished up our last one. This list is um, what the, quote, hottest girl looked like from 1999 to 2018. Um, I should clarify, this was an actual award. This was from the Teen Choice Awards. And from 1999 to 2018, they gave out an award for the, quote, choice hottie of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a male list and a female list. But since we just did a male list, we're going to start with the female one this time around. Um, so let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's find out some choice hotties. I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> um, 
So first up, for 1999 is when it started. Um, I'm going to tell you the nominees, and then you can guess the winner. Sound good? Sounds good. Cool. All right. So first up, we've got Kirsten Dunst. Um, a great choice hottie, in my opinion. Love her. feel like she's only gotten better over time, though. So I don't know. This was early on, but still love it. Uh, we've got Jennifer Love Hewitt, a classic. Yeah. Classic 2000s Thirst. I mean, where did she go, though, is the thing. Like, what is she doing now, I wonder? She's just living her life uh, with um, Freddie Prince Jr., right? No, that's uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, that is. The other uh, three-person named girl. (laughs) No, Jennifer Love Hewitt kind of like, oh, she kind of fell off. I don't know where she's been. She's Uh, married since 2013, so that's nice. Good for her. Um... And we've got Drew Barrymore. I wouldn't argue. I would argue that she's not really like a hottie. I don't know. I don't really. She, she was in the 90s. Yeah, I guess she was. Yeah. Now like, I just then... think of her as like a cool hippy dippy mom. <laughs> no, like she looked kind of like Marilyn Monroe in the 90s. Like, I don't know. She kind of like, um, I didn't say like got less attractive, but it's just like she was very like sharp defined in the 90s. Whereas like kind of later on, she just kind of like became more like cutish or so like it's not really like bad so to speak it's just like kind of more i don't know she just kind of like aged up a bit but like it's not bad yeah yeah oh here we go i was gonna show you her in the 90s just because yeah i think she doesn't get enough credit as a thirst in the 90s so i'm sending you this one okay also i did not see much about jennifer love hewitt what she's doing these days who knows who knows um all right next up we've got katie holmes she was a baby in 1999, but wasn't she on that show? Was it Dawson's Creek? Is that what she was on? Yeah. Or like Seventh Heaven or something. She was on one of those shows. I don't know, man. I didn't watch them, but she was already big at that point. Um, here's the one you thought earlier. Sarah Michelle Geller is also on here, so that's convenient. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drew Barrymore did look good in the 90s. Okay, cool. I can see mm-hmm. it. Oh, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt is on 911, the show that somehow no one watches, but everyone watches. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Good mm-hmm. to know. Um, so, yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, Carrie Russell. That's an unexpected. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I love her too. That's kind of an unexpected one. You don't really think of her in the, 90s, I don't know, no. I guess, choice hotties category from the 90s. Um, Was she on. Um... That one show at that point. That's a really great description. Um, she probably was on a show at that point to be nominated. Yes. <laughs> Felicity. That's what I was trying to think of. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. She was. Um, yeah. She was super cute. Um, back in the. I mean, she looks the same though, honestly. Like Reese Witherspoon like does not age. Um, and finally, Britney Spears. Throwing a real grenade into the mix there. I mean, that's These I don't know how you very good choices. I don't know how you can beat you. that. I mean, yeah, yeah. all right. So what They're who like, do you think? All, all, I don't know. All these choices are like still very hot today. Like um I guess I'm gonna go with Britney just because it's MTV, right? Uh it's the yes, the teen choice award. Was that MTV? No, that's different. I don't know then. Teen I'm gonna go Britney. Just okay. like I feel that. Okay. It was Jennifer Love Hewitt, our mystery girl, who's on 911 now. <laughs> Good for her. You'll love to see it. 
All right. So she won for 1999. Next up, we've got uh, 2000. All right. So for the year 2000, our nominees are Christina Aguilera. That makes sense. Yep. This is around her. Um, this is right around like genie in a bottle leading into dirty. Like this was like peak Christina. So, yeah. Uh, we've got Britney Spears yet again, still in it. Um, Lil Kim, that's okay. a random one. <laughs> that's an interesting choice. I like it though. I'm not. I, I'm know, not I like it too. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> it's just like all like pretty much like white blonde women, and then it's like Lil Kim. Lil, Lil Kim. Um, next up, Jennifer Lopez. Okay, good we got her. weirdly diverse all of a sudden. Getting so. diverse. Interesting. Um, we've got Sarah Michelle Gellar once again. So our our two time nominees are now Brittany and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Simpson enters the chat at this point. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. I feel like yeah. she's peak like two thousand four, but oh uh, yeah, like early two thousand. She's this is pre her peak, I would say. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a a winner back again. Jennifer Love Hewitt is nominated again. Really killing it out here. And then we've got Rachel Lee Cook, who is in all those like. Uh, 90s 2000s like teen movies so she's a forgotten about one i feel like but she was she well she was literally in she's all that or whatever like for i was about to say she was oh, she was all one. that yeah okay. yeah sorry no, she, me, like, she's cute and i'm like no 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 yeah that makes sense yeah she's actually her best role was josie and the pussycats oh absolutely yeah best role ever all right, so of those, who do you think the choice hottie for 2000 was? I got like Christina Aguilera. Brittany beat her out this year. I thought Christina was technically hotter that year. I think so too, but this was a good year for Brittany. I think yeah. she was going into like her like sexier era of like toxic, I'm a slave for you. Like, yeah, she was getting in there. Um, I think Brittany should have won for 1999 though, honestly. So I'm glad she won. I agree, but I feel like if like the whole um, well, I guess two thousand two was really Christina. Okay, we'll see what happens then. We'll like, see. We'll see. The, uh, I'm a not I'm a slave, but um, yeah. I'll do uh, let's do uh, let's do one more year on sure. this round. All right, so, so many. yeah, there's we, there's so many nominees too. I'm impressed. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so the nominees for two thousand one. Now we've got Gwen Stefani. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's a really good one. Her No Doubt era. Uh, once again, three-timer, Britney Spears. Okay. Um, Jennifer Lopez, second nomination. Back again. Aaliyah. Ooh, that's a really good one. That's a deep one, yeah. That's a deep cut because Aaliyah was like still alive. Wow. Okay. We've got Aaliyah. Lucy Liu, that's a good one too. Okay, we've got some interesting ones. That's a fun one, yeah. Uh, Jessica Alba enters Ooh, around yeah. this time. That yeah. was like my like big crush, young yeah. for a while, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, this is a fun one. Anna Kornikova. <laughs> Man, that's... that is that is a distinct time. I almost feel like she's got to win just because like that's like her year. Because wasn't she? Well, wait, isn't she still married to him? Um, Enrique Iglesias? Isn't that Is a she? thing? I, I think so. I think she's... I'll look this up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she married someone famous. And that's how she has, like, stayed relevant. I mean, not super relevant, but, like, let's be real. Like, she's a random tennis player. <laughs> like, <it's a laughs> more relevant than she would be on her own, I think. 
Um, and last up, Tara Reed. Oh, poor her. She, this is like her last year, really. She's about to fall off soon. Yeah, Tara, this is really, Tara Reed really ages this list because this was like a very specific like moment in time when Tara Reed was a choice hottie. Um, All right, so who do we think the winner is for 2001? I'm going to go Tara Reed just as an underdog story. Like like a time capsule, yeah. Yeah, we got to go Tara Reed, I feel. Jennifer Lopez. Okay, it's not a bad choice. I'm not I'm not dissing it at all. I feel like that's probably the right choice. But I feel like with um uh Jennifer Lopez and there's another one that you read. I feel like there's some on it. Even Jessica Alba, like they don't really have like a peak necessarily. So I don't think I feel like there's a bad time to choose. Yeah, them. I feel like a lot of these just like they're it's a good time for all of them. Like Lucy Liu, I feel like is like always relevant. Like, a lot of these, I feel like, are always relevant. I feel like Britney Spears is going to be nominated every single year also. Like, <laughs> I feel like she's going to be on here every year. Um, I wish Aaliyah had won, though. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, especially because she's, like, going to die fairly soon. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. All right. Well, those are our choice hotties so far, so we'll revisit the list next week. Still not finding who's uh, Anna Kornikova is married to somehow. How is this so hard? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are you why are you struggling with this? <laughs> she did start dating Enrique Iglesias in two thousand one. I'm like pretty sh- well. Yeah, so this was two thousand one. So that's that's why she was nominated. She was dating Enrique. Um. So they have children together. But yeah. No. Reason, they like. They have been together since 2001. Why not just say that? Yeah, they're on Enrique's. It finally tells me on Wikipedia. Sorry, Wikipedia was being dumb. Okay. There we go. So it turns out they've never gotten married, apparently. But they they have been together for like like two decades. Good for them. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fun. (laughs) Nice. All right, cool. All right, you got a thirst this week? I do. Yes. All right. So I recently found out that Andrew had never read The Great Gatsby. Can you can you imagine? How do you escape high school without it? No, I know, right? So I of course made him read my copy from high school, which I still have. So he read it. Um but we found this out because I was flipping through HBO Max or something. And I was like, ooh, The Great Gatsby, that's a fun movie. Um, like the Baz Lorman one, of course. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I've never seen it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I've actually never read The Great Gatsby. And I was like, what? So I made him read it before watching the movie. But I basically made him read it so we could watch the Baz Lorman movie together. Um, that movie is basically just like a vessel for like my favorite Lana Del Rey song, Young and Beautiful. Um, but it's a fun movie on its own. I'm not going to say it's like a good movie, but it it's is a not fun a movie. Good movie. No, no not, I'm not no. going to say that. No, no, but I know that. But it's a fun <laughs> movie. It's a fun movie to watch. Um, and I, I guess at the time, did not really realize or think about what a fucking stacked cast in terms of thirst that movie is. Yeah, so I need to is. talk about some of these. So first up, we've got the obvious picks. You know, we've got we got Leo as Jay Gatsby. We've got Carrie Mulligan as Daisy. So like we've got the key players there. Yeah. 
they're great cool let's get into some deeper cuts first off i love toby mcguire so i love that he plays nick um he who is arguably kind of the star of the movie because he's the narrator um love toby mcguire always have since spider-man i think he's underrated next up we have um joel edgerton who plays tom buchanan who i I think He's extremely underrated as like an actor, a third, exactly. like everything. Yeah. Like everything. He is excellent. He's a great Tom too. He's a great dick. Like yeah. he's one of the best act he's one of the best acted roles in that movie, I would argue. He really is. Um, I think he's great. So hugely underrated in my opinion. Um, we've also got um Elizabeth Debicki. Tall like, girl. Yes. In, like, her very, very early years. Like, so this, I didn't even realize that was her when I started watching the movie. And I'm like, who plays Jordan? And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's Princess Di. <laughs> That's who it is. <laughs> um, so she's awesome. She has now been in a lot of stuff and is very well known. But I feel like this is before she was well known. Um, she is she's super cool, three, though. too. Like, that's what I was like. When she's tall, I'm like, yeah. that girl tall. She's very tall, yeah. But she's super cool. She was in Tenet, and she most notably recently played uh, Princess Di in The Crown. Love it. Um, we've also got uh, Isla Fisher, who, of course, is married to um, Sasha Baron Cohen. She was and... in it. Oh, my God. That took me a minute because I was like, where yeah. the hell was she? I'm like, oh, yep. Yeah, she was like she's, the... she's Myrtle. She's Myrtle, who Tom's mm-hmm. having an affair with. Yeah, so she is just an absolute thirst. We love her. Um, also, I would argue underrated. I feel like people just yeah. like people just get her confused with Amy Adams. I feel like all the time, um, but she is excellent. Um, and then the guy who plays her her husband in it is Jason Clark, who is a huge thirst for me. Oh, he is hugely Jason underrated, yeah. but I love him too. So we've got just like some really great thirsts in this movie all around. And I don't even think I thought about it at the time when this movie first came out. But now I'm like, damn. This is a great cast. So anyway, I just need to bring that up. I don't have a winner. They're all thirst, but I would argue that Joel Edgerton and Jason Clark are two of the most like underrated actors in Hollywood. So those are my thirsts. How nice, about you? Nice. Okay. So I recently watched uh, Creed three this weekend. Oh, how was that? Mind you, I have not seen Creed two, nor do I know if I'm really going to ro- watch Creed two. It's fine. I... Oh, so you just like skipped Creed two. Okay. I feel like we could all skip Creed too, probably. Um, was it was it known to be bad, or like you just didn't want to watch it? Like what? No, I just didn't feel like there was a huge point. I mean, most of my friends really like it, so I might watch it at some point. But it seemed okay, like okay. Fa- a little fan servicey to me, so mm. that's mostly why I skipped it. Um, but but Creed three is not fan servicey. No, so <laughs> okay. I want to get into it. Um, so I watched two movies recently. So you have Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania, <laughs> and it. you have. Creed 3. Both of these are like solid, we'll say like B movies, we'll be fair. Like they're fun. They're a little dumb. But my God, does Jonathan Majors kill it in both of them? Like he was so damn good in both. And really, like the movies did not really service him that well. Okay, people, I have been hearing about him a lot lately. There's been a lot of buzz. People are really into him. And I'm like, who is this guy? Because I haven't seen either of these movies. (laughs) It's also funny because, like, he, which I wonder, because, like, these movies had to have been filmed, like, relatively somewhat at the same time. Yeah. He is, like, super buff in Creed 3. He's just, like, a fucking unit. But, like, it's funny because, like, in both films, this is my reaction is, like, 
oh, thank God, Jonathan Majors is on. This is so good. And then, like, the second he's not on screen, I'm just like, okay, cool. Whatever. <laughs> like, I don't now. give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, can we bring Jonathan Majors back? Like, that's the only reason I'm really engaged with what's going on. Mind you, so Creed 3 is not as bad of a fender as Ant-Man and the Wasp because, like, Creed 3, you also have um, Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson, like, together in a relationship, and, like, they're hot as hell. They have a deaf daughter who the whole movie they do ASL with. Oh, and it's like really kind of cute. We're, we're and just like talking Michael, about this. <laughs> yeah. And then Michael B. Jordan is like teaching like her how to fight too. And it's really cute because they're signing and they're like punching and like, I don't know. It's really cute. It's like Aww. the movie's argue the movie's arguably way better than Ant Pan and the Wasp Quantumania. I would hope so. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low bar. <laughs> it's a low bar. <laughs> God. Oh, also, I will give credit, though, to Michael B. Jordan, because he also directed Creed 3. He actually did a very good job. Like, I thought as a director, he did really good. There's some scenes where I'm like, huh, that was really creative. That's good. But for, like, a, you know, Rocky-type boxing movie, they, like, can be fairly generic. But, no, it's actually a good, good movie. Okay, great. Love to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, any uh, random chatter? I always I need to write it down just because I, I always like think of things, but then we get here and I'm just like my brain's like just gone all over the road. So now I don't really know where to go from here. Um, oh, I watched the lighthouse. I did do that. <laughs> Congrats! How was that? <laughs> it was an experience. Um, yeah. I think you, the internet, never will or else kind of ruined it for me just because I was expecting a whole movie of mermaid sex and there was hardly any mermaids in it. And so you know, I was somewhat disappointed. You know, I apologize for misleading you, but there is a very large mermaid vag that like really yes. kind of overtakes the movie in my opinion. So I, I don't feel like I entirely misled you. It just probably wasn't what you were wanting. <laughs> I just thought there'd be more mermaids. And then I get there and I'm like, there's not that many mermaids. It's literally there, just there's Rob- honestly minimal mermaids. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's just Rob Pattinson and William Defoe yelling at each other a whole lot is mostly the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Which like, it, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> no, I wasn't disappointed. I was just more like, oh, I was really wanting the mermaids. But that is a very large mermaid vagina. It's huge, I know. Right? Um, damn, well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> you. Um, I watched upon your recommendation um, of more Aaron Taylor Johnson content. I finally watched Nocturnal Animals. Um, thank you for the rec. It was quite good very weird movie but i did enjoy it i like the cast i also liked that like it was funny because they really leaned into the fact that people always confuse amy adams and isla fisher Mm -hmm. because they literally had amy adams playing like the real life her and then there was like the movie script version of her or whatever that was isla fisher so like that was pretty funny (laughs) i was like oh good one (laughs) tom ford knows what he's doing Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was excellent in it though so thank you for that rec Um, and then I also just want to note that I did watch the uh, Megan creepy doll horror movie with like the robot doll named Megan Um, uh, the uh, cult classic M3 Jan yeah exactly it is it's not a good movie but it's fun <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, Megan is 
She is an icon. She is the moment. She is my queen. Like I, I can see why the gays really like latched onto her and are calling her mother because, like, honestly, she's wonderful. So, <laughs> I recommend if you're looking for like a stupid watch. <laughs> That's what I kind of want to watch at some point. I feel like I gotta give it a little bit just because the internet went too crazy over it. So I'm like, I'm giving it some time, but I do want to watch it at some point. Watch it in like a year, and I feel like you'll yeah. really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. Then anything else? No, that's it. All (laughs) right. Peace and blessings, y'all. Peace and blessings. Bye.